Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom from Jerusalem, and this is Watchman Talk, a series of conversations with Israeli experts and practitioners on various aspects of national security, intelligence, and diplomacy. And we are especially honored and delighted to have in the studio retired Brigadier General Chazi Leder. Welcome. Thank you for having me. General Leder, uh, formerly the chief intelligence officer of the uh, Israeli National Police, and uh, even earlier um, in your military service, um, a member of the intelligence corps. So first of all, what is the basic difference between military intelligence and police intelligence? Basically, military intelligence looking for information, okay, to make it operative, to develop operations. The intelligence, the police intelligence works for the investigation, which means to bring the basic information to be turned into evidence, into an indictment. So this is not the police um, intelligence work is not preventive, it is only after the fact? No, sometimes it's preventive, it's proactive. Sometimes it depends who are the targets. To the best, to the best of my understanding, if you add the list of targets and you cover them by intelligence, sources of intelligence, various sources of intelligence, it should be proactive because you lead the, 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 the seek for, for information. In the other end, if there is a, a criminal uh, case, sometimes you uh, need to develop intelligence to solve the investigate the uh, the criminal case. But then uh, you go back uh, to your uh, database and uh, look for some leads, which at the time uh, you had no idea uh, would be tied to the case which did not develop yet, and sometimes you do manage to tie those leads to the case. Correct. Well, the idea, at least in the Israel police, is you collect everything. I mean, in resolution of of somebody who bought a new car, or he has a new address. It's not the the, the way other police uh, agencies or departments looking for it. They mainly focus on cases. I think Israel or the Israel police is one of the leading agency that the intelligence is proactive. You update the data bank. Always. Each time there is some interaction, some, some activity, um, it gets um, fed into a data bank. Correct. That's the, that's the way it works. 
Now, you grew up in Tel Aviv and you joined um, the uh, IDF uh, when uh, your time came up uh, for enlistment. Why did you go um, uh, for the intelligence corps? In the, in, the in, the IDF. in the IDF? Well, I was, uh, uh, I learned Arabic in high school. My time, to be precise, 1968, uh, officers, Iraq officers from the military intelligence came to our school, promote the idea of drafting us into the uh, special class in the in the military and uh, so me and like me like well, we were like 30 or 40 from other schools uh, we started a, a new Arabic class in in the military what happened then uh, uh, when one goes back to Israel of the um, 1960s was that after um, some years of a love affair between Israel and France, where uh, French was the second language taught in schools after English, there was a choice of either French or Arabic. And you chose Arabic in school. I didn't choose. There was no choice. <laughs> We all went to, to learn Arabic. So actually, it became a profession in those days. Now, um, it turned out now it's uh, public, uh, and especially it became public after the 1967 war, after the uh, Nasser Hussein uh, conversation, which was picked up by a unit uh, which was originally called 515, then 848, now it is known as 8200. And uh, the uh, leaders of Egypt and Jordan were colluding regarding fabricating some lie yeah. about, about non-Israeli intervention in the Six-Day War. <laughs> so it became known that there is such a unit, which in professional uh, circles is known as a SIGINT, Signal Intelligence yes, yes. Uh, Unit. And you um, were drafted yes. into, into this uh, unit. Yes, after we finished the, the Arabic class, As I said, 40, like 40 people, 40 soldiers, men and women. Uh, we were split into uh, translators, to uh, listeners, and to, uh, let's say, engineering, uh, engineering uh, or carry out the, the listening plan, stuff, stuff like this. And also there are, as we know from World War II, code breakers, like in yes. Bletchley Park yes, or yes. the National Security There were Agency. code breakers, yes. And, and your job? My job was, I was the, like a, an engineer. I, I was on the top of, of, the, of the end of the chain. It starts from the, someone who listened, then the interpreter, then comes to me. I decide what to do with the information whom to pass it and then write some remarks and send it to, up to the, to the... Higher echelons. I, yes. But, but the um, intelligence cycle involves both collection 
and assessment. Yes. And, and they are not easily separated because in order to know what to collect, you first assess. And then when you get the raw material, you, as you, as you said, um, you were the, um, perhaps the highest uh, echelon in your unit, but the lowest rank on the ladder before you, because you have to decide whether it's newsworthy, whether you should pass it on, because there are so many items um, every day. But yes, but there was a master plan, which says, okay, we listen, this morning we listen to ABC, afternoon we listen to DEF, stuff like this. But and then the information comes to me, or after the interpreter translated from Arabic to, to Hebrew, and then I decide what is, the, what is the essence of the conversation? What is the essence of the information? And then I have to decide who will get, to whom to deliver the, this information. Either the local uh, command, I mean geographically command. In or, the Sinai, for instance. Or in Sinai at that time, or to the uh, headquarters in, in Tel Aviv. But the ABC and the DEFs and all of that, that comes from a tasking order. Originally, someone back at headquarters decides that, uh, for instance, this year we are concentrating on the Egyptian military and not on Libya or Yemen. Correct, correct. That's, the plan was an outcome of a decision. So, so if the uh, intelligence director or director of the intelligence in headquarters decide, for example, Egypt, the master plan followed the, these directions. And did you have uh, successes, for instance, finding out about impending attacks, which then the forces um, around the Suez Canal managed to foil, to prevent? I was not here in Israel at 73. I was During out. the War of Attrition first, okay. 1969-70. No, okay. Let me tell you a story. I was sent to one of the posts in the Suez Canal, to follow the Egyptian exercise to um, cross the canal, cross the canal, and I was standing in a, in a, in the post, see them trying to or starting or preparing themselves to 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 cross. Actually, not to cross the canal, they crossed part of the on their on their area, and I was and I used to listen. Very like three, four hundred meters from them, I was listening to the to the to the drill because the uh, Suez Canal is two hundred meters yes, wide. Yes, this should be emphasized. Very close, so at least this information comes. I mean, visually and audio, and this is um, a couple of years before the Yom Kippur War. Yes, of course, of course, and and you were. Uh, probably like most Israelis, you were prepared for a swift Israeli victory because, as you said, the drills were known, the plan was supposedly known, so what's the problem? Okay, as I said, as I start to say, I was not here in Israel in 1973, but I know from their preparations years before, from their drill, from the information comes, comes out of the drill, what their master plan, how they want to carry it out, and so and so. I believe the people up in the directorate, they actually, everything was on the table. 
it was clear cut. What happened? But, but uh, there is a difference between capabilities, preparations, and intentions. And this is the, the uh, most difficult part to learn about the enemy. Yes. Speaking about intentions, at my level, it was not the Egyptian president level. I was focusing on, let's say, uh, chief of uh, brigade or chief of... Uh, of battalion. Battalion or... Field grade. Yes. Low-level... Uh, Low level, actually low level information. Tactical information tactical, rather correct. than, tactical, rather than right. uh, uh, strategic. Yes. But, but uh, following the war, mm -hmm. and especially in recent years, there has been debate in intelligence circles um, between Mossad and Amman, which is military intelligence, regarding the question, had all of your old units mm -hmm. capabilities been available or had they been acted upon, would Israel uh, have known beforehand that the plan is really going to be activated? As I understood, it's not a matter of capabilities of all these organizations. It was one man who was the director of the intelligence who actually came with the uh, uh, thesis that there will be no war. All other early warning indicates were on the table. But, but there is a vicious circle here because um, this general, Zeira, um, and actually uh, many other intelligence chiefs throughout history wanted to protect his sources, whether these sources are human or technical. And because he did not believe that war is imminent, he did not um, start work on all of his sources, which is why he did not get the idea that war is imminent. And we can go on and on like that. Let me clarify. The sources are not his sources. The sources belong to the state of Israel. It's not his and he took a wrong decision. The idea that the capability was there, the information was there. It was clear cut from the Egyptian uh, side and from the Syrian side. It was a matter of, uh, of, of uh, wrong concept. Where were you uh, in 1973? You said that you were abroad. Yeah, I was uh, traveling around the US and actually, I arrived uh, back to Israel with the first foreign flight on uh, the seventh Thursday. Thursday the the eight the, the, uh, the eight or the nine? I, no, no, the Thursday the eleventh. The eleven? It was the eleven. Okay. So, and the day after, on Friday afternoon, I was on the front because um, your subunit uh, was being forward, or were you at the local? Uh, post or headquarters of your unit because there was also a mobile unit. I was with the mobile unit at the beginning. W with the forces? Yes. Uh, was that a different experience than being back at the base? Of course. You work with a chief of battalion or chief of... Uh, brigade. Or brigade, very closely. Okay? Uh, it's different when you're sitting in a post, in a, in a base of... Uh, of the unit, which is, and you work um, 
mainly for strategic purposes. Now, during war, uh, many uh, precautions are thrown to the wind. Mm-hmm. People forget their codes. They start speaking openly yes. on both uh, sides. Yes. Uh, Israel also lost a major general, yes. uh, a division chief, because the other side uh, located him and, and killed him and his entourage. Is it easier to work during wartime on, uh, in your profession? Yes, because the scope of uh, frequencies, I mean, it's open, it's full. Uh, you find uh, networks where, so, which are uh, basically um, closed or on waiting mode to the, to the, to the battle. And once it's open, it's there is all, no, no, emergency no emergency channel. It's all on the air. Um, did you uh, stay in the uh, IDF intelligence corps following the 1973 war? I was. I stayed uh, in reserve until uh, I believe 89, 88. Because because of uh, the uh, age limit, or because you were too too senior in the police. No, 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 because of age, because of age. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, but you kept your commission. You, yes. you stayed as an officer yeah, yes. um, in the IDF uh, reserves. Uh, why did you become a police officer? Believe it or not, I worked as a security officer in the, in the Ben-Gurion airport for two, two years. And uh, one day I saw... Uh, to fund your studies, your academic yes, studies? I was a student at the time. And there was a, I found a, a piece of uh, information in, in a paper saying that the, the police is looking for uh, young officers who were in the intelligence directorate. At that time, in the police, there was a... I won't say revolution, but it was a big, big change in the early intelligence concept. So let me uh, expand on that. Following the Yom Kippur War of 1973 and various uh, terrorist actions within Israel or close to Israel's borders, the national police um, was given more authorities and... Uh, therefore, more budgets, mm-hmm. and the Commissioner General and the Minister of Police used it to recruit people who otherwise would not have dreamt of serving uh, in the police, because for one thing, uh, there was uh, what is called lateral entry as officers, rather than having to go um, through the entire course starting uh, as uh, a regular constable. Was that part of it? Honestly speaking, I was not part of it. I was focused. We, at that time, we developed a new unit in Tel Aviv police. In Tel Aviv police, we create, me and, like, we were seven, eight officers who came from outside, not with any police uh, uh, background. And we deliver the idea of developing a proactive intelligence towards our targets. 
but but what uh, of course uh, if you come from the outside with a fresh look uh, it's very good for the organization uh, which up to that time uh, may have been uh, very conservative actually it's going back to the British police in in uh, Palestine up to 1948 but on the other hand what did you know about police work about criminals no problem from the first day we jumped in the into the cars and motorcycles with the local detectives and investigators shoulder to shoulder and we start develop our let's say experience or police experience step by step now uh, usually uh, there is a difference and sometimes friction between first of all detectives who are plain clothed men they do not wear their uniforms uh, they do the um, more um, exciting sexier work then and uh, the the regular uh, patrolmen uh, who have um, very um, busy but routine uh, and boring tasks this is on the one hand and there is a difference between the national headquarters in Jerusalem with the police um, department and the regional commands and subcommands how do you uh, solve this friction because this new plan by recruiting me and others came directly from the commissioner Rosolio so he actually tasked his uh, district commanders to support any of these new phenomena okay and Tel Aviv district commander at that time support and put the priority and it's not only him his subordinates that understood that this is the top priority so actually they I wouldn't say uh, report to us but support us to or because we we were for them not for ourselves okay now an- another distinction regarding the Israeli police uh, which which people outside of Israel should bear in mind is that first of all, This is a national organization. Uh, the uh, various districts report to uh, a central headquarters. And it um, came out of the military in 1948. Uh, during the um, uh, War of Independence, the police was one branch, such, much like the Air Force or the Navy. And then uh, it became independent. So there is a military... state of mind at least organizationally um, which in other places not only is not evident but when there are police officers who behave like the military there is criticism that for instance they use their firearms too much as if they are in the military but in Israel this was considered natural no because the the police, grew up from a small force at the beginning of the first years of the state of Israel and gain more and more power and more uh, personnel and more responsibility and actually even if my time we were sitting next to the 
שין בית ועוד אגנסים. In the uh, national police headquarters, the uh, intelligence uh, chief, uh, which was your job uh, eventually, was a brigadier general, uh, which is two ranks below the commissioner general. And between the uh, intelligence chief and the commissioner general, there was another major general, or at least um, The, the other members of the national staff outranked okay. the intelligence uh, chief. Um, did that impact negatively on your work? No, no. They're very corporate. Listen, if you succeed, everybody jump on the train. If you lose, you lose. But nevertheless, um, there was and still uh, is um, the Heads of Services Committee. composed of the head of Mossad, the head of Shabak ISA, and the head of Amman military intelligence. Um, it is not uh, frequently that they invite a police representative to sit with them. But when they do, they prefer the commissioner general Correct. rather than the police intelligence chief. Why is that? Well, it goes back to the to Commissioner Krauss. He... Commissioner Krauss in the late 1980s. Yes, he was, he wanted to be... A, for, a, for status reasons. First, for status reasons. Uh, I was there for once uh, to present the, the organized crime, the, what we called at that time, uh, East European organized crime. We'll talk about that in our second conversation. Okay, uh, and I was there. Coffee was good, cookies were, were good, okay? Honestly speaking, no need to be there for the police. No commissioner, even not me. They discuss uh, intelligence matters which is under the surface. It's not, it's not our business. Now your, be, your business is above the surface? Yes. Okay. Now, um, in our second conversation, uh, we'll talk about um, your uh, duty as the liaison officer of the Israeli National Police with the FBI, NYPD, and okay. other agencies. But um, we will focus on the time uh, when you were in charge of uh, police intelligence and um, the Rabin assassination. Okay. Uh, took place, uh, and we are uh, right now marking the 27th anniversary of um, the assassination. But as a general assessment, um, were you pleased with the performance of police intelligence? And as far as you know right now, is police intelligence on a high enough level? I, I'm not up to date. So I cannot give any, any remarks about the situation right now. I can only but, speak about the past. But for your time? Uh, well, it's, 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 it depends on the persons that goes between. Once, if, if there was good relations between people. Both well, intelligence officers uh, and the commanders. And even uh, security agencies. General Leder, thank you very much. You're welcome. 
Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.